Bob Huggins has, has made a point of how good his team can shoot the basketball. It's a Hux team. They're going to rebound. The energy is so much more exciting, especially like up in Hollis. West Virginia fans are used to seeing their players get rebounds. Rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. There's just something about the basketball, man. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome to the first edition of uh, the Country Roads Webcast Hoops Edition. Uh, joined always by my buddy Bradley Brown and a uh, new edition, Ryder Dean. How you doing, guys? Hello, hello. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. rocking and rolling. Yeah, we've been wanting to get this thing off the ground, uh, the hoops version of this show, at least for a couple of years now. So it's kind of kind of nice to finally see it getting, getting going and off the ground. But uh, I guess first of all, I want to do, I guess, get things started off by talking about, you know, how last year's team you know we had a lot of losses from that squad a lot of additions to this year's squad um i guess we can compare those two teams as much as we want but um what do you guys think of how those two teams will compare to each other and which team do you think would be the better versus the two what meaning whether west virginia this season will fare better than they did last season or not i guess uh We'll start with the new edition on uh, Ryder. How? What do you think, buddy? On the hot seat already. All right. Um, <laughs> Thrown into the fire. We obviously, <laughs> that's right. We obviously lost a decent bit of firepower. I mean, Deuce is playing for the Knicks right now. Culver left. We also lost Emmett and McCabe. You can throw Sheboy in there as well. He played 10 games last year. Uh, we are bringing in a lot of firepower, though. Um, we do need to account for 60% of our rebounds and points that we just lost to all of those guys' leavings. Uh, it's going to be tough. I, I do think we'll be a rung below where we were last year, just just slightly. I mean, we eked out a three seed in the tournament. I think that's hard to recreate. Yeah. I think we're still going to be fine. There's going to be some bumps with half the roster being new, but I, I think we're still going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a point to be made of how different of a team this team is compared to last year's, you know, last year you had a lot of size, especially early on in the year when you had Sheboy and you had Derek Culver down low, uh, which in my opinion, that created too much of a clogged uh, congested area down there. And it didn't really give either one of them time or space to create anything uh, because they're just battling with each other down there. Um, but I think once, Shibwe ended up ultimately leaving and, and transferring out. I think that really opened it up for Culver, and Culver didn't didn't play bad basketball at all towards that latter half of the season last year. Uh, but compared to this year's team, um, you know, if you watched uh, the exhibition game against um, against Akron a couple nights ago, that team really really looked much improved on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, and we've mainly went back to more of a press Virginia you know, style approach on defense, I guess more so because we have such a smaller lineup than we did last year. Um, and But with the exception of uh, maybe Gabe Osaboyan and really not not many other guys on this team, we're not going to be getting rebounds the way we did last year. So that's going to be a lot of difference uh, between those two teams. But uh, I guess, Bradley, what do you what, how do you compare these two teams and how they differ? Yeah, I mean, I thought our team last year was a little bit disappointing for what I wanted. <clears throat> I thought we'd definitely have a better team last year considering we had Tweebway, but then that kind of fell apart. Um, I'm, I'm really concerned about 
I, well, I guess I'll go with what I'm concerned about and what I'm excited about. I'm really concerned about losing Derek Culver because I feel like that was probably like our most crucial player last year. And losing him is just, you yeah. know, there's so much there. Like what Ryder said, we have so much to replace in that area, uh, you know, points and rebounds wise. I mean, he was a full package. He had a good uh, passing game too. And, you know, it had been, I probably would have been a little bit more comfortable going into this year had I seen Isaiah Cottrell play a little bit more last year, had he not gotten hurt. But I've heard really good things about him. So um, I think that as far as the difference between or my comparison between last year's team and this year's team, I think that this year's team has a lot of potential. Right. I mean, I think that we're definitely a lot less tested, a lot less um, certain of what we're going to get this year. But I think that we definitely have good potential this year as compared to uh, – I mean, we, we knew what we had going into last year, and it kind of fell flat. Whereas this year, you know, it's a little bit more of a question mark, and we can definitely blow the top off the uh, off the house if we get things rolling. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch us play, and we got some good young guys. I'm sad to see Jordan McKay leave because the guy loved Mountaineers, but he was just bad at the game of basketball. So. <laughs> it would, honestly, Better than I am. Honestly, but... <laughs> that was very hard for me to uh, to accept for the most part was Jordan – because I was really high up on Jordan McKay. You guys heard me talk about you Nico. Yeah, you guys hear me talk about Nico on the football version of this podcast. Now, I was, I was even more high up on Jordan McKay coming in as a basketball freshman. Uh, you know, with the way that kid, the videos that he was producing, you know, in the basketball, the style of play that he had, I was very excited, and it just never did pan out. Yeah, and just the mindset he had about being at WVU, you yeah. thought that, you know. I never, never he thought he was going to transfer. Better and better and then, that, that, that also got me as a shock. But th- this team, yeah, you know, for the better part of the last five years or so, I think, you know, every single year I've heard Bob Huggins say, not every single year, but for the most part, Bob Huggins has, has made a point of how good his team can shoot the basketball. And then the season comes, and as always, we're a very, you know, we have a very big defensive prowess as a basketball team, but our offensive side is largely dependent on how many offensive rebounds we can get and, you know, and be able to score points because we have so many shots taken. However, this team can really shoot the ball, if anything's to be said about that game against Akron a few nights ago, because. I don't think there was Taz Sherman, especially, and Sean McNeil. We've seen him shoot the ball, you know, a bunch last season. But Taz Sherman really surprised me on how effectively he was knocking down shots. And I know that it was Akron. I get that, but even Akron is no, no slouch. Akron is I no mean, slouch. Let's not, let's not like Akron is. Yeah, I don't mean to know, say that in any kind team. of disrespectful, but we as basketball fans at WVU have seen in the past that even against these guys, you know, these earlier games, exhibition games, especially West Virginia, even with teams that were supposed to be good um, have struggled, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So that was a really bright sign for this squad. Uh, but, you know, take it how you want. I think if you're talking better or worse between last year and this year, I think out the gate we're going to be seeing chemistry be built. So I think there will, there will be some some woes a little bit for the first part of the season. But I think for, you know, Maybe going into January and February, this team might start to find themselves um, on the defensive side of the ball. And if they can continue to knock down shots, this this team might be scary in the Big 12 this year. Yeah. yeah. And I think something that's like, yeah, I think something that's going to be crucial, though, is Taz Sherman has really got to take over that, that head honcho position. I mean, Taz has really got to go into this game knowing that. He's got to score, and not only does he got to score, he's got to he's, he's got to make plays. I mean, Taz has really got to put a lot of load of the team on his shoulders and step up as a leader. Because I love Sean McNeil. Ryder's a huge fan of Sean McNeil. That's his dude, and he's he's McShooter over there. And I think that Sean McNeil can just be so inconsistent. So that's like out of Sean McNeil this year, he's got to be way more consistent. He can't be 
five points one game, twenty two points the next game, and seven points the next game. He's got to he's got to be more consistent as yeah. well. But I think that this team's really going to heavily rely on Taz Sherman being able to be one of the better guards in the Big Twelve. Like if you guys heard Fran Fischel talking about him, you know he thinks he's going to be one of the best guards in the Big Twelve, and he has all that potential. But he's got to be you know a leader first, and you know put the team on his back. And, you know, and I think that'll do better for him than, uh, you know, scoring 30 points and us still losing by 20, yeah. you know. Yeah. Ryder, you was going to say something? Yeah, he – That I also believe he needs to really – basically, it's not – you can't replace Deuce McBride. I mean, he's, he's special. Right. But he needs to do the best that he can to basically recreate being that person. Uh, we need him to score. We also – I mean, I also do think Sean is going to have to – become a second elite scorer because if it's just all Taz, I mean, everybody's going to know it's Start Taz. So right. we, we, we need to be able to, to spread the floor a little better. Um, and I, I think we'll do that. But again, like you guys have been saying, the chemistry at the beginning, we're going to have to get a feel for it. And that's what non-conference plays for. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I think you made a point about Sean McNeil. My thing with Sean McNeil is I love him as a basketball player. I think that he starts to – when he shoots off the, when he's a catch and shoot shooter, he's great. When he starts to do that stuff where he starts to size opponents up and starts to do those dribble moves, then you start to see Sean McNeil not knock down shots as you know as effectively as he normally does. Um, but you know, like you said, replacing Deuce McBride is like replacing Deshaun Butler. It, you're not going to replace him. You know, you're going to have to just, you know, get whatever player you can to fill that void until you can get you know someone to. I guess be the next one to come out of West Virginia that you know to be like that, but Malik Curry doesn't. You know he's only played one game at West Virginia. You know that was, and that was that exhibition game. But if you watch his old Dominion stuff, he doesn't look like a bad a bad basketball player at all. I was really excited to get that get him as a transfer, um, and a few other ones that I'm really excited to look on on this team is Jalen Bridges and Isaiah Cottrell. You mentioned him earlier, Bradley. Isaiah Cottrell. I really we didn't get to see a lot of him. Um, really at all last year but you know what we did get to see and what i've seen in a lot of the the highlight clips that i've seen i really i think those two while they're not the biggest guys that we've had on campus they could really hopefully eventually start to get some rebounds the way that west virginia fans are used to seeing their players get rebounds uh but i think gabe osaboyan isn't going to do a bad job of that there's going to be a lot of guys on this team that that do a lot of different things well and i think that's one thing that bodes well for west virginia this year yeah, for sure. And I think if you want to look at like how our early seasons is going to go, I think a lot of that's going to rely on Gabe Osaboy. And I think that he is really going to be the glue that kind of holds this team together, that sixth man coming off the bench that's really just going to put in, you know, the max effort and make sure that, you know, we're not slacking anywhere. And I've heard that he's improved his offensive game, which, you know, it's not – be kind of an, scary if he didn't improve at all considering his offensive game is not necessarily where it's at. But I always liked his passing. I thought he did really good passing down low, but – he didn't. He didn't look bad yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, though, compared to what he was last year. Last year, he couldn't. If he was under there by himself, he just threw it straight up to the ceiling. <laughs> but this last year, he, year, he had fifty-two offensive rebounds and had forty-eight points on, on the year. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's exactly that's not that's, just offensive rebounds. You said right? Yeah, he, he <laughs> is our leading returner, uh, leading returner in rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So. <laughs> yes, he is our lead. yeah. It's it's those ones from where he gets it at the top, like right at the free throw line, and just wow. boom, 
toss it back kind yeah, of thing. I, I thought that was our best play last year is when he just got it, you know, right there at the top of the key and just dished it down to Derek Culver. I mean, it was just – he has good passes. and not, I mean, every now and then they'd get picked off, but I thought he was probably one of our best passers last year, which is like has me excited to have him out this year, dishing it out to all these shooters. Yeah, I, bet, so. I think it's rare to see a player that's as good as he is on the defensive side, especially at West Virginia. That kid, oh, man, yeah. He's good. Yeah, for sure he's good. He's good. And then going to Isaiah Cottrell, I'm excited about him. I've been hearing a lot of good things about him going into this. I've got some, you know, friends that are really in-depth in that basketball program, and I've been hearing his praises and, and that he could be really good. And I think that the one thing that's really going to hold him back this year is that he's playing hes playing big boy ball now. You know, he didn't get that year last year to play. And so I think it's going to take him some time to get comfortable throwing his body around down there. And I think he's got to get to that point where he realizes that he can be great in the Big 12, but he's got to—he's got to acknowledge that himself. You know, he's got to get out of that. He's only played a couple of games outside of high school now. And, you know, he's a little bit farther into it. So he's got to learn that he can really throw himself around down there. And he's, he, he can enforce his will when he yeah. wants to. So he's got, he's got to learn, grow into I that. I think a lot of people, though, pretty much any recruit you have, it takes a little bit to get used to the physicality of the Big 12 Conference. Because, I mean, let's face the Big 12 Conference is a lot more physical than any other league in college, league in college basketball. And I think that's very much so evident every single year, especially the way West Virginia plays basketball, because that's – West Virginia's credo in basketball, you know, pretty much is how physical they are on the de- defensive side of the of the ball. So, um, straight from the Big East into the Big Twelve. It's, yeah, that's, it's a, gonna be. that's a good point. The big the Big East, you know, and the those golden years, as I call them, you know, when West Virginia won the Big Twelve or the Big East championship. <sighs> You know that was what they were known. Yeah, see, too. that was before. I really didn't. Yeah, I really didn't get into basketball until the 2012 run when they took it to the Final Four. It was my first time really like keeping up with WVU basketball. And then I got to college and I was watching Juwan State and them play. And you know, you get in that Coliseum, and that was my favorite thing. I love football. I'm definitely a football yeah. guy. But if I had a choice to go to a football game or go to a basketball game, I'd probably go to a basketball game because the energy is so much more exciting, especially like up in the Coliseum. So like, I didn't get those big old Big East days. So I really don't know what you're talking about. But I, I guess <laughs> well, I understand. Buddy, I'll, I'll tell you, it's a lot like a, a lot like my story in football. You know, I grew up from a very young age, and I, you know, not that I'm complaining about it, but Papa didn't really give me much of a choice whether or not to be a fan of WV football, basketball, and I, I've heard a lot of. Mm. Best worst thing that ever happened well, to you. I'm telling you right now, I I love West Virginia football with all of everything in me, but just like you, there is something special about WVU basketball, and there's a reason that people say that West Virginia is a basketball school. Um, I think they're both. I think they're both football and basketball, but I do truly believe that basketball was the first, you know, forefront of WVU that that went out there because you mentioned Jerry West and all you know a lot of these other guys. And it's hard to argue that West Virginia wasn't one of the most dominant teams in the in, you know college basketball in the '50s. So there's a lot of prestige and a lot of you know pageantry that comes with being a WVU fan. There is something you're right. There's something special about walking into the Coliseum. The first time for me, I felt like the ground dropped because you go in, you're at you know at one level, and then you don't realize that the court's like a whole story below that level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm definitely planning on getting up there a few times this this year to go watch a couple of basketball games because I think last year, you know, you didn't really get to watch. It, it was a little bit different from football because last year didn't really get to go up there and watch them because you were scared of everything. And then the year before that, we did get to watch them and didn't really get to see what that really 
what kind of potential that team really had because there was no conference or there was no um, NCAA tournament. So it's been, yeah, it's been kind of a little bit harder for basketball fans than it has for football fans, in my opinion, with the COVID thing. Uh, but you know, we've I guess we're sharing what made us WVU basketball fans. We'll, we'll go with Ryder. What do you? What made you a big WVU basketball fan, man? Oh, uh, I was I was a nerdy kid, man. Believe it or not, I was a nerd. But I got so you still are. Me too, you're, man. you're not wrong. Ain't no shame. Love me some numbers. That's that's why I can't wait to just get a couple of games under our belt, so I actually have some numbers to look at. Right. Great. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh, no, my you totally wish it a bank. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, no, my my stepdad when I was growing up, he was huge WVU guy. Uh, I probably started getting into WVU sports. It was it was around Pat White. That was basically when I started getting into it. Um, basketball, I agree. Uh, was is probably my favorite. I've been to a lot of games, a lot of games in my time. I, I love me some some Air Bear, some uh, Ruoff. See, I have an old Ruoff jersey that can Bear. now be used. There you go. Yeah, I have an old Ruoff jersey that can be repurposed as a Sean McNeil jersey, and I have no complaints. <laughs> so, no, no, I've just been WVU through through and through. For I have an old game program that has Johannes Hair Bear on the cover of it, and it's got a bunch of the guys that were on the team with him back then. Those are, that's a good team, man. Beast. Mike Ganzi, all those guys, Dior Fisher. Mm-hmm. My, my player. Yeah, like this is how like, I feel like I mentioned that my player on two K twenty two. You guys, his name is Dior Fisher. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, he's getting all the blocks. He is. He is getting all the blocks. He averages ten. <laughs> ten blocks. Yes, yeah, like, I feel like I definitely miss some of like the heyday of just like Mountaineer basketball and football, which is like you know makes me want it again because it's like man, I can see like so, so much of the fans like reminiscing on that stuff. So it's like you know, I kind of feel like I got into the game late a little bit on both. You know, the later years of Pat White and Indiana Smith and stuff like that, and then getting into it <clears throat> right there to tell it a Deshaun, you know, Butler and them and. You know, I got to really enjoy Juwan State, and I've rushed the court, you know, three or four times against Kansas, you know, so I really built, like, a strong connection real quick when I got into basketball. Right. I still don't even know half the rules and stuff, but, man, <laughs> I just – watching it, I guess so. It's all right. Because it's just – I do remember – It's I'll, just something about the basketball, I, man. I think I know a lot about football, but I'll tell you, when it comes to basketball, I'll find myself speaking on it, and I'm like, I really don't know how I know that. I think it's because I'm listening to Hugs' show too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like – Yeah. Yeah. I, I only know I was, most of what I know because I'm a WVU fan and what he speaks on. Yeah. So. Little callback to Bradley, or well, whatever you were saying earlier that you were very high on McCabe. I, I do recall a personal conversation with Bradley a couple of years ago when he, <laughs> when he when he said that McCabe was going to average a triple triple. So triple triple, <laughs> a triple triple. I might have been a little under the influence. He was taller than he was, but if he's rapping. Man. He's getting ten rebounds. I don't know what the third category was, was, but it had to have been like after his freshman year when he was like starting to pick it up there a little bit, and he was playing on like a torn meniscus. And I was like, oh man, if he's playing this good, like you know, hurt, then he's going to come out and just kill it next year. And then he just absolutely dropped off, disappeared, hey, and now I he's. I don't even know where he turned. I can't really to say now. much because yeah. I, uh, I yeah, probably yeah, said something very similar along the lines whenever Issa Mob was here as a sophomore. So before his sophomore season, yeah, for sure. I was Most like, disappointing. this kid is yeah. going to go off. And he just he, – he fell off is what he did. Sure did. So, sure I guess did. I was halfway right. Like I always described him, I was like, you know, like – I was like, he was, he was great as a freshman, but then he, like, never got better. And so, like, as a sophomore, he was just, like, good as a sophomore. And then, like, as a junior, he was kind of, like, disappointing as a junior. And then the senior year, man, he just – I don't know what it's happened. I don't know if he just stopped caring or what. Yeah. Yeah, it was just – 
Yeah. And I was a big fan of was it Wesley Harris, the dude he got into a got kicked off with. Yeah. See, I really liked him. He was a rough, gruff guy, but I, I liked him a lot. There's a bunch of guys around the like. Well, not even on that squad. It was a couple of years before that. I, think, I was trying to think about all the guys that like really were on the squads and then got kicked off or left a year after. There was Aaron Harris and uh, and a. I can't remember the other guy's name that was with him that year. Eric Murray. Eric Murray, thank you. Yes, that was the That's one. Fine. Both of which somehow, some way, went on to have pretty pretty decent careers at Michigan State and uh, oh, wherever the other one went. I remember watching them both, and they, they actually – maybe it was uh, Arkansas State, something like that. I was thinking red, so you're probably on That's, the right a, that's what I was thinking of. It was somebody red. Uh yeah, but anyway, they didn't do too bad, but just weren't not team basketball players at WVU whatsoever. It was a little ISO ball where they're trying to dribble and shoot with four four people in their yeah. face. Speaking about people that left, though, I was pretty sad to see even Matthew leave. I know, yeah. uh, you know, you got to go to greener pastures because he's a, he's a really good ball player, and I think that he'll really thrive over there at Washington. But because uh, I actually saw him at the LIU football game, and I was super excited to see him still, you know, back over here. I don't think there's any love you know, lost between athletics. him and WVU. Lost, no, no, not at all. It was just sad because he, like, he had he showed a lot of potential, but I think we ended up just filling those needs in other ways, you know. I think that, and sometimes, as good as a player is, and as strong as relationships are, you know, systems are in place for a reason, and if a player doesn't fit a certain system, you know. A lot of times it's it's a mutual decision that they leave in part ways with one another because they both know that, you know, they both could thrive, both benefit from, from doing so. And, you know, Emmett's not in a bad situation in Washington. That's going to be a good basketball team this year too. No. And I think he will do just fine while he's out yeah. there. I almost feel like Jalen Bridgers, Bridgers, Bridgers. Jalen Bridges is a little bit a little bit better version of Emmett Matthew. I think he's a little bit more of what we needed out of him where he's got that bigger body and can really go up hard. And then he can set back and shoot the three. And he's got that long, lanky body. And, you know, I think Jalen Bridges is just, you know, he's got so much potential. I think he's going to have a big year if he can really, you know, have some full confidence in himself knowing that he can play ball with anybody on that Yeah, court. I want to touch on that, and then, Ryder, I'll let you go. But I think Jalen Bridges, in my opinion, has the potential to be a one-and-done type of basketball player. I really, truly think that if he plays to the potential I think that he could play at, he could be a potential top five picking the draft this year in my mind because that, that kid he's long he can rebound he can score I, I think that the way he plays basketball the only reason I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to be the best player that's ever played basketball in the world I know that but the way that he plays basketball fits the pro style system so much in today's style game the way he can drive the ball and the way he's you know his he can just get somebody off a dribble and take him to the lane he can shoot if he can produce, you know, well enough this season as a, you know, how these freshmen or sophomores, you know, really, I guess it'd be two a done. I keep forgetting that, you know, we had last year. Yeah. Sound pretty dumb, don't I? Yeah, so he's a little bit behind a little, on the one little and done. A little bit behind. That's why I, Bradley gave me a look like, we'll treat it like football. They got to play two years. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but I really, truly think he has that potential because the way he can score fits the pro-style game. But and I don't think that will happen. But I think he has the potential to happen. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I really – I'm high up on Jalen Bridges this year as well as a few other players. Um, but what do you think? What do you think, Ryder? I mean, 
to go off of that, I mean, there's also always, always the potential, you know, like, like we said with, with Issa, we thought really good freshman year, yep. coming sophomore year, a little slump. Now, I definitely don't think that's going to happen. I think Jalen is going to be just fine. He's, he's, he's going to be a much improved player. He's going to continue to, to work on his craft. And I, I don't see any way that he's not going to be. And he's a hometown maybe kid. The, yeah. Fairmont. Yep. Pro, best basketball player out of Fairmont. I, yep. I bet you. So yeah. So. so, and I don't think there's any players that have been hometown kids in the past, you know, several years anyway, Nathan. that have not produced for WVU. You can think of Nate Adrian yeah. and a few other guys, but I think all of them is pretty much played up to their ability that they were supposed to play at. And I think that's because they were hometown kids and they're playing for the state that they love and, you know, and are a part of. Uh, but, you know, with all that being said, you know, there's a lot of new names on this roster and a lot of guys that's left, a lot of guys that's been brought in uh, to replace guys. Uh, I guess we'll go with who we think will be, uh, I guess, maybe not the best player on the team, but the leader of this team. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Bradley. Who do you think's got it this year? I've got to be the leader of the team yeah, this year? The guy that's really <laughs> going to come out – you know how Miles McBride last year was that guy. He, you know, he ran everything on that offense and everything through that team ran through Miles McBride. Who do you think will be that guy this year? Uh, without a doubt, it's going to be Taz. I think that he set himself up to be in that position, and I think that he's got the talent. He's got the, you know, he's got the the mentality too that I think, and he's got the stroke. I mean, the guy's got a beautiful shot. I mean. I could see him definitely breaking his career high a couple times this yep. year, and I think that he'll hit maybe a 30 bomb a couple times, if not, you know, more than that. So I think that that's definitely going to come on Taz. Somebody I want to hit that is like somebody I think is going to make an impact because I think that's also somebody we can bring up too. It would be really nice. Um, I think Kobe Johnson. I think that he's got a chance to really make an impact as well, come in off the bench and, you know, uh, be be a, be a guy for WU this year. I think he'll be a dude, and I think that – I could see him almost averaging double digits this year in points and, you know, being somebody that we can really rely on when Taz has to come out. I think that he'll probably be the guy because uh, I think that Sean McNeil is just going to be too much of a shooter <clears throat> to really run the offense as much. So I think that when Taz needs that break, I think Kobe Johnson's going to come in and he's got a chance to really make a name for himself uh, in that role just coming in to back up Taz. Yeah, I think, you know, the way Taz Sherman played the other night, I think it's hard to argue that he's probably going to be the player to go to or go through this year on the, on the team. Um, you know, they brought in Malik Curry to run the offense through the point, but, you know, Taz Sherman at the two, I think he, the offense really might well run through, run through him. Um, but as far as the, the leader on this team this year, um, it, it very well may end up being Taz, but I think, you know, as we touched on it earlier, Gabo's a boy, and I think he really has the potential to be the true leader of this team uh, because he can, you know, he's very, very elite on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's what West Virginia is going to have to make up for this year. And as well as West Virginia is on offense, we're going to have to have guys that, you know, get back and and are able to guard a lot of these guys because these offenses are going to start to play in the, in the big 12 are going to be a lot of really fast, a lot of long, off, uh, long defenses and really fast offenses that can shoot the ball probably just as good as West Virginia, if not a little bit better. If, if West Virginia, you know, doesn't prove to be such an offensive team, like I think they're going to be, uh, you know, like I said, I got my blue and gold glasses on right now from the way that offensive played the other night. But, uh, but, Ryder, what do you think? Who do you think is going to be the the leader of this team this year, and who's going to, 
you know, take over. I do believe that from a point production standpoint and like actually getting getting the wins in the in the win column, I think that's gonna be Taz. I think Taz is definitely the guy that's gonna step up and yeah. he's gonna lead us in, in scoring. He's got definite definite all big twelve potential. So I think it's him and I, I agree also with Gabe. I I put out all the stats that he's the returning leader in, so I think he is he's gonna be that guy off the bench, you know, at the very beginning of the game, first four or five minutes that's just getting everybody on the bench. Hey, we're gonna to have to come in here and battle and go go put on a show for our guys. So I think it's definitely both of them, and I think for you know the underrated things that I need to look for, I, I'm I'm really interested to see how Demon Kerrigan and Polly Polycap produce as our bigs. Um, Kerrigan's returning; he was a top twenty in the nation blocker last year. Yep. So we need a lot of rebounding production and. I'm, it's a hugs team. They're going to rebound. If they don't rebound, they're going to they're going to learn. They're going to get on so the treadmill. They are going <laughs> to learn. But uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see how they perform as our bigs because uh, we're missing a lot there. We basically had to get a two for one with Derek leaving. So those are the two guys. Yeah, that Derek, the loss of Derek Culver really, you know, Miles leaving that really hurts. But losing Derek that really really hurts because, like you said, you know that. It takes away pretty much every bit of size that we had down there with experience, and now you're going to have to adjust and find you know whoever it is going to be that that fills in and gets you those boards on the offensive glass, especially, which you know might not be so important this year with the way that West Virginia may be able to shoot the ball, uh, but you know those defensive boards really are going to have to come into play. West Virginia's going to have to find that guy. But I, I'm like you, I think I think Huggins knows his his stuff in that department, obviously, and there's always somebody it seems like that's down there grabbing those boards and you know it's better at it than whoever it is on the opposing side uh but i really i like the i like the potential out of this this team this year guys i don't i don't know how far they'll go in the tournament just yet i I think i need to see a little bit more on the number side of things but i guess if we did have to put a number on it and a prediction on it um, how far, how many wins, I guess, do you think this team will end up with by the, by season's end? Where do you think that they will finish in the polls and how far in the NCAA tournament do you think that they could reach? Well, I guess, well, Bradley, we'll start with you this time. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so wins wise, I'm going to give us anywhere from like 18 to 22. I don't think that we're going to really outdo our year last year, but I also don't think that we're going to have much of a fall off from last year. Even though, like I said, I felt like last year was a bit of a drop off from uh, <clears throat> what I expected them to be. Um, if we're going to hit that 22 and above range, it's going to be because we really hit our chemistry and these guys really play well together. If we hit that under, I think it's going to be because we struggled down low replacing Derek Culver, like you guys were talking about, because not only was he you know, an amazing player, but he was also a consistently amazing player. When we didn't have Derek Culver out there, I mean, we really struggled. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just you're you're trying to replace so many intangibles and tangibles. I mean, you're trying to just replace so much that I think if we have uh, less than 18 wins this year, I think that it'll be because we really struggled with that. Um, in the tournament, I'll give us, you know, like a – I think we'll be like middle of the rung Big 12. And so I'll give us, you know, like a – six to eight seed, I guess, somewhere around in the middle, probably a little bit less than like a 10 seed, but definitely, definitely there in the middle somewhere. I like that. I like that. Rod, what do you think, buddy? Uh, I think we'll be slightly better than, uh, than what Bradley has projected. I'll say 19 to 23 wins. I think that's about the window. Um, I think, I mean, we're not going to go into the tournament as a three seed like last year, which was also pretty favorable. Um, 
in, in the moment. We were probably supposed to be a four or a five, but I digress. I think we'll probably end up in the bottom half of the top 25 at season's end, so somewhere in like the 16 to 25 probably. Um, and then I think we're, we're a second weekend team. Like we are sweet 16 to elite eight potential, and I think basically year in and year out, I think that's what we should be. And I, I think yeah. I think that's a Bob Huggins team is like that's just expected from your coaching. And we've got a coach that can easily get there with no matter what I've, team he I've has. come to expect Sweet 16 as a West Virginia fan. I mean, I might be spoiled to a point of that, but it seems like throughout my time as a Mountaineer fan, and, you know, like I said, I guess I've been a fan longer than you guys have. And most of that time, West Virginia has reached, you know, the Sweet 16 and above most, if you know, more often than not anyway. Uh, but I guess – if I'm giving my prediction, I guess I, I'm I'm thinking we're bringing Press Virginia back, you know, and we've talked about how good this offense is um, compared to not only last year uh, or the last couple of years, but for a good while now. Um, I think if you bring back Press Virginia and it's anywhere near as effective as it was when it was here before and you can shoot the ball as well as we think they can, West Virginia has the potential to win – anywhere from 22 to 25 games in my mind. Um, I think that they will finish – I'm looking at maybe anywhere from three to five in the Big 12 Conference. It's uh, not middle of the pack, but more more towards the top than middle uh, with uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 in the rankings at the season's end because I don't think that they're going to be an elite team by any means, but I do think that they're going to be able to hold their own as well as West Virginia usually does. And with the inexperience of playing together with this team and, you know, not really having the chance to gel yet as a team, um, I think West Virginia, uh, I'm on a pick week 16. You know, I'm really, I feel confident that they could make a push to that, at least to that, um, that weekend in March. But if they can shoot the ball as well as Taz and Sean, I know can shoot the ball. They don't always shoot the ball that well because they don't pick the right shots a lot of times, but um, I shouldn't say a lot of times. They just didn't last year. This is a new team. I keep wanting to you know, compare everything. But, but no, this team, it has great potential. Um, I, I think that they, they're not going to be a bad team by any means, but I do think they have a lot of chances to improve in these early weeks. And especially with, you know, they got a Pittsburgh, they got a, ch- a game against Pittsburgh, the second very – second game of the season, and then you get to play a 24-ranked, uh, well, as of right now, they're 24-ranked uh, UConn squad, and then you got a few other games coming up against some other non-conference opponents that aren't really knockovers. They're not big-time opponents, but they're not really knockovers either, and then you start to get into Big 12 play, so this team really has to adjust quick of what kind of style of ball they're going to have to play. But but I'm really excited about it, man. I really do think that this team's going to fare well this year. Uh, they're before we get out of here, do you guys have any final thoughts on what you think that this team's going to do this year or just anything you think about them in general? Uh, Ryder, what do you think, buddy? I think, yeah, just finding the better shot selection. I, I want to see either Taz or Sean score 40 points in one game. I want to see that just one one time. That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. I wonder when the last time somebody scored 40 was. Uh, the last time was whenever Deshaun Butler scored 42 against Villanova. I figured that was the, the person. So, yeah, yeah, I think a 40-point game is attainable. Um, so, 
I think that that is basically what it is, and just the new guys bringing in some defensive intensity to match Gabe, and I, that's basically what I look forward to. I want to see some some good press Virginia that leads into a switch three, and then we're right back to pressing them. So. What we wanted to happen last time, press Virginia was in effect, but nobody could knock down shots. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Bradley? Yeah, I would say for me <clears throat> is I want to see just like Sean and – Taz, I think that our year is going to depend on them being a little bit more consistent. I think that, you, you know, we, for both of them, I don't think that either one of them can really have too many off nights if we want to have like a really good season. And I think they will be. I think that they've got, you know, a little bit more on their shoulders this year, and I think that they'll step up to that. So just that consistency. And I'm excited to learn some of these newer players. I mean, I really haven't got to, you know, see too many of these guys play as very much. I didn't go through and watch all these transfers, you know, tapes coming in or anything. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fresh going into this. I'm pretty malleable. So, I'd be excited to get in here and talk about some of these new guys and how much I'm excited for certain ones and stuff like that and get to know some dudes' names uh, real well. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think I'm, I'm a lot so. like you in that aspect. I think, well, I think a lot of Mountaineer Nation is a lot like you in that aspect. I think there's so many new guys and new faces on this team. It's going to take a few games at least to be able to get, you know, used to seeing some of these new guys with some of these numbers on their back and wanting to call them, you know, some of the guys from last year have, have that same number. So, but that's the main thing I'm excited about is seeing how well this team gels with each other. And I think it's pretty well documented by this point. I'm pretty, pretty excited about what they can do on the offensive side of the ball. And I know that you can only tell so much from an exhibition game because they don't give you a fully, you know, what they're wanting to do on either, on either really side of the ball, offensive or defense. So. Yeah, we're for sure going to get a good look at our future of our program this year. Because, yeah. I mean, we got some seniors that we know what they're going to do, and we got a lot of young guys that have potential. So I think it's going to be a good good year just to sit back and enjoy some really high-scoring games and then, you know, look forward to the years to come with the guys yeah, that are well, I have full – you know, we could talk all day. We were about trust of the climb and Neil Brown on the football side of things, but I have been bought into this coach for a very long time, and uh, and I'm very, very invested in into him as, as a – you know, not only a coach, but as a good person. I love Huggy Bear, man. Uh, but I guess that's going to do pretty much do it for the first episode of the Country Roads Webcast Hoops version. Uh, it's been a fun episode, guys. I'm, I'm glad we could finally get this off the ground and moving. Uh, I can't wait to, to finally get it in full effect and full swing once uh, some of these games start rolling. But uh, West Virginia's got um, Oakland. I guess they're the Bears. I'm not really sure. Uh, I should know this because West Virginia did lose to this team a few years ago uh, in the very first game of the season, just a lot like this one uh, at the Coliseum, if you guys uh, remember. So maybe a revenge game for this team. Probably, probably tried to forget. Yeah, we, we probably <laughs> yeah. did. The only reason I remember that was because I, 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 that was some of the most abysmal basketball West Virginia's played. We were supposed to have a really good team that year. I think it was about two or three years ago. But, but they do have them. Uh, yeah, I think I kind of remember that because I think that's the year that we came back and – Oh God! I think we beat Texas Tech in a comeback like a little oh, later yeah. on into mm-hmm. the season. Yeah. Then Texas Tech, I believe, went I on to the national championship like... that game or that year. Once we win, yeah, I think that was the same year. It may not have been, but I remember that year specifically, just coming out real flat. And then we had a game against Texas Tech. It might not have been the big comeback that I'm thinking about, but I remember we had a game where we came back like eight minutes left and just uh, uh, it kind of like turned around our season. See, that's the thing about time. basketball: there's so many games and so many great wins in my mind that a lot of them run together. I can't remember which season, which which one happened in. You have to you really be specific when you're talking about a moment in basketball, in my mind, unless you're talking about some of yeah. those, you know, bigger moments with Deshaun and all those guys. But 
Yes, yeah. I'm not talking about the one where Tariq Phillips scored 12 points in two minutes. I'm talking about the one where we scored like 28 points in eight minutes. You know, th- that okay. kind of thing. No, I know. Texas Tech. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Texas Tech, man. It's, to be that good, they're just not. <laughs> Is Mac McClung still there this nah, year? He, Is he he's leave? in the he's still? No. Yeah. He's in L.A. Nah. Gotcha. Yeah. But WVU, I guess. Got their first action, uh, real game action this coming Tuesday at seven o'clock at the Coliseum. It's going to be on ESPN Plus, um, and then we will be coming right back at you again. And then right after that, we got all was it three days? So yeah, we'll probably be releasing an episode either Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Uh, so that'll be following right after the football podcast. We'll be on the lookout for that, you guys. But I guess that does it for this episode of Country Rose Webcast Hoops, you guys. First episode. Yeah. CRW Hoops. But we'll see y'all next time. As always, let's go. Not me. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.